Hey, Straight Talk on Leadership listeners. This week, we wrap up the series of Guidance for Your Leadership with Part 3, Leading Others. Dean gives six key components that he believes can help you in your leadership journey to leading others. I hope you have enjoyed this series. And remember, leadership rocks. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi, everyone. Dean Chris. So glad to be back with you this week. What an exciting week we've had. We've been putting out blog posts. We've been putting out new information, had an opportunity to speak at the Georgia Police Chiefs Conference and talk about the concept of warrior versus guardian as it relates to mindset. Our new course that we're offering now, the Accelerated Leader Program, course number one, we discuss our why. We discuss the purpose. We've had a number of people take that course. We did a webinar this past week with all the folks who have been taking the course, and it was really excited to see the people and their growth as they've been taking the course. If you want to take an opportunity to look at that course, go to lhln.org. You can see a preview of that course, a free one. You can also contact me. My email address is hdcrisp at yahoo.com. You can call me on the phone, 803-240-3024. Always answer my phone. Got any questions about leadership, anything that you want to know about our courses we're offering. If you ain't a chance to catch us live, we're going to be in Florida in the next couple of weeks. Going to be doing the Master Presenter course. We also got a Master Presenter course that we do. Take a look at that one. That's an amazing course where we start uh, or we try to help you how to become the best presenter, how to really become a master at presenting. Tim Plotz and I teach that course, and that's some great stuff right there. So really thank you for taking a look at that. But today I want to talk about part three. This has been a three-part series where I've been talking about how to lead. Now, a lot of times I get from people, they'll say, well, I want to be the best leader that I can be. And I'll say, well, first of all, the first thing I want you to do is decide, number one, what kind of leader you want to be. Because a lot of people don't even make that decision. They don't even have never been asked, what kind of leader do I really want to be? So they just go out and start executing leadership with nothing in mind except just day-to-day stuff and just making sure that they're putting out fires and doing all that stuff. But, you know, part of being a great leader is not only to decide what kind of leader you want to be, but it's understanding that leadership really has three parts. The first part is the ability to lead yourself. The second part is the ability to lead the organization, or lead within the organization that you're leading. I don't want to get you to think that you have to be the head of the organization to lead an organization. Not true at all. You can lead within an organization without being the leader. Matter of fact, most people are leading inside an organization. They're not at the top. They're pretty much at the bottom or in the middle somewhere. So wherever you are in an organization, you can always lead and help lead your organization. And the third thing today we're going to talk about is how to lead others. And when we talk about leading others, this simply means leading someone beside yourself. Now, one of the things that people don't think about a lot of times is there is an art, there's an art and a science to leadership, no doubt about it, 
but there's kind of this art to leading others. And I want to be discussing today, how do you do some of those things? How do you lead others? And what are some of the things you really need to think about? So who is the others? Well, that's all the folks that work for you. That's everybody you had of influence over. That could be your family. It could be anybody that you influence. And you know, leadership, if you want me to define it really quickly, is simply influence. It's the ability to influence others to do things they might not either want to do or don't realize they need to do. So when you look at leadership, how to lead others. Now, let's talk about the first thing that you have to do. And I'm going to give you six points today on how to lead others. And some of these things might sound really simple, but to be honest with you, they're very deep and compelling, although they may sound simplistic. There's a lot more to them when you begin to look at it. So let's take the first part here and the first of the six points when you talk about how to lead others. Now, this may sound really simple, just like I said, but let's think about this for a minute. The first thing you have to do is to take time to lead. Now, I know you're going to look at me or you're going to look at the, you may even look at the, at your phone or you might turn your head and you say, what does that mean? Well, honestly, when we lead others, it always takes time. Now, most of us go through the day and we do two things when it comes to leadership. We focus on task and we focus on people. And so you can really look at the difference between a manager versus a leader. A manager generally focuses on the task at hand and the leader focuses on the people doing the task. So that's kind of a simplistic way of separating those, if you will. But I want you to think about this for a minute. Most of us go to work and we start executing tasks without really taking the time to lead others. We don't really consider that we probably need to connect to the employees. We probably need to spend a little time talking to our employees. We need for the employees to see us. Now, back in the old times, and we're not talking about real old times, we're talking about 25, 30 years ago, most people didn't care if they saw the balls. But today's generation and the way we look at things from today's perspective, man, it matters if you don't see your boss. If you don't see your boss for a couple of days, you're thinking something's going on. And it might be the fact that the boss is just busy. Now, how many of you right now, if I were to ask you this question, how many of you all day long do nothing but stamp out fires? Or you putting out fires? Or you're trying to look at leadership and something's always going on? Something's always going on. Well, I can tell you right now, if something's always going on, you generally aren't taking the time to lead. So the first thing in leading others is to pause and begin to take the time to think about how you're coming across as a leader. I don't care what role you might play in an organization, whether it be a manager, whether it be a task orientation, or whether it be anything you do, people are always going to judge you from the leadership perspective. So when you look at that, I don't care if you're a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, whatever, the higher you go, more people expect you to consider them. So if you're seeing your chief or your leader of your organization run around like a chicken with their head cut off all day long, that doesn't give you a real warm and fuzzy feeling. What you want that person to do is walk around and to be the cheerleader. You want that person to walk around. Yeah, do some of the work, but you want them to know or you to know that they care about you that they've got you, they've got the organization, they're in control. So the number one thing when you talk about leading others is you got to take time to lead. If you don't take time to lead, I don't care what you do, it doesn't matter. 
there are no tasks that you're going to do tomorrow that probably couldn't wait till another day. But, and I know you got deadlines and I know you got all this stuff going on, but think about it. If you want to make the most impact, is it with people or processes? The answer is generally people. So take the time to lead. Number two, emotional intelligence is the core and the key to leading others. Now I'm going to give you a short understanding. If you don't know anything about emotional intelligence, you've probably been in a closet or you probably haven't been paying attention. And I know you certainly haven't been paying attention to these podcasts. Because podcasts, the ones that I've been doing, I always talk about emotional intelligence. Daniel Goleman's work done in 1995 is a seminal work that changed the way leadership not only was done or is done, but changed the focus of leadership for many, many years. Matter of fact, it's one of the top leadership ideas, suggestions, programs. It's not a program. It's a philosophy. It's, it's an actual physiological fact. Emotional intelligence, you cannot get around it. Emotional intelligence is a physiological fact based upon the way that our brain works. Now, you think about it. If I were to ask you what's more important at work, what gets done or thinking that the bosses care about me? All right, I'll pause, I'll pause. Which one? Thinking that the bosses care about me. Now, I'm not talking about in an emergent situation where you got to do what you got to do. Maybe not care if the boss cares about you. But I do know that when all settles down, you want to know, does the boss care about me? And are they going to do the most and the best for me? All of us want to know that. That's a physio-psychological fact. All of us want to be cared for. All of us want to connect. And all of us want to know that our bosses absolutely have our best interests at heart. I don't care who you are. When you look at a national survey that was done several years ago, and they asked 75,000 millennials. Now, this is people born between the years 1980 and 2000. They asked them a simple question. Give us the number one reason why you would leave your job. And you know what the number one or 75% of them said? Boss. Boss was the reason that they would leave their job. Now, don't tell me emotional intelligence is not important. It's very important. Our brain works that we want to connect. And emotional intelligence is based upon brain science. There's five key components to emotional intelligence. Now, if you haven't read much about it, please stop the podcast or when you're through with the podcast, start downloading information about emotional intelligence. It's so key. If you're emotionally intelligent, you tend to go further in an organization and have much greater impact on the organization as a whole. When I tell people about promotional processes, I say, what's your emotional intelligent quotient? If you got a pretty high one, you're probably going to get the job. If you got a very low one, then you got to be really, really smart. People that are really, really smart, sometimes bosses overlook their dumbness when it comes to emotional intelligence because they need them. But that's not the type of leader you want to be. So let's talk about five components of emotional intelligence. Number one is self-awareness. You have to be aware as a boss how you're coming across. People pay attention to you. If you're walking around with a cocky attitude or you're walking around like you don't care, it matters. Number two, being able to self-reflect or self-manage yourself. The ability to manage your emotions is key. People want to know that you're confident. People want to know you can do the job. And they want to know that you're not going to fly off the handle at every second and get mad and just go crazy. People want to know you can manage yourself. If you can manage yourself, you generally can manage relationships with others. Number three is 
how we manage relationships with others. How do we do that? Now, I use three key components when I talk about managing relationships with others. First, you got to spend time with them. Second, they got to know they can trust you. And third, they got to know what's expected from a relationship. Those are key. What's expected? Can they trust you? And do you spend enough time with them? Think about any relationship that you've had go wrong. One of those factors is probably an issue. There's no don't doubt about it. You got to be able to manage relationships. The fourth thing is you got to be aware of what the what's going on in the organization. Now, that doesn't mean knowing who's going with who or all the gossip and all that. What it means is you got to be able to judge the temperature of the morale. You got to be able to judge the barometer. Is there a storm coming? You got to be able to see all those key components when it comes to leadership and you got to know how people are feeling. So let me give you an example. As in the intro here, I talked about mentally or one of the articles I wrote recently, which I put on a blog post, I'd love for you to check it out last week, was there's also a physical defunding of police, but there's also a mental one. When you begin to mentally defund people and people do not believe that the people they serve care about them, it changes them. If you look at every organization across this great country, every police leader is dealing with a morale issue. You got to be aware of that. You got to pay attention to those things. You have to understand that. And that's number four. Number five, which is the fastest form of communication, is empathy. Empathy is the fastest form of human interaction and connection. Empathy is sensing what's going on with someone and understanding it. In other words, putting yourself in their shoes or wearing their shoes. That's empathy. Fastest form of human interaction. Read more about that, those five emotional intelligent components. You got to have it. That's number two as a leader. Number three, how do you lead others? People always want to know when they get up in the morning where they're going. Now, there is a self-determination factor about where people want to go. But when they get to work, they want to know where the organization's going, i.e., as an example, of where they're going. They want to know three things. And this helps you when you lead others. They got to know why we're doing it. In other words, what's our overall why? When you look at police departments, I'll give you a great example of an amazing why from an organization, the Clay County Sheriff's Office. And their organizational why is selfless service to all. You see, that's something you can rally people to, especially in a job like being a police officer. They got to know why you're doing it. You know, if people understand why they're doing something, their what becomes more important. So remember, they got to know the overall big why question. You know, why are we doing what we do? Why do we do this? What, what's going on here? Because we, when we know the why, we tap into our intrinsic value. In other words, the intrinsic value is doing it because we feel good about it. When people feel good about what they're doing, they're just better. So they got to know the why. The second part of this is they got to know the mission. What do we stand for? You know, what does our organization stand for? What do we believe in? What's our core values? What, why are we better than somebody else? Why, why us? If, if, if you were a manu manufacturing company, why do they choose us to make a part for them? You know, are we just that good? Or why are we committed? They got to know the mission. And two things you have to understand about mission is, Mission rallies your people to something and it rallies the customer or the public to. So if they know why you do it and they know how you do it, which is the mission focus, then they will rally themselves to you. The third part of this component is the why, the mission, and the third is vision. 
Vision simply means future state of things. People have to know where you're going. They have to know what tomorrow looks like and the next day looks like. So if I would tell you this in terms of leading others, put those in the forefront of your leadership. Why we do stuff? What's our mission? What are we trying to accomplish? And then where are we going? And you look at those three things. Those are so key to leadership. Number four, when people come to work, you have to realize that every person who's doing a job has a personal purpose. They have a personal purpose to life. I don't care what it is. That personal purpose is almost like a calling. When people are living their personal purpose, they're in their power place. For example, like my purpose is to inspire people. My purpose is to create enthusiasm. My purpose is to get people to see a different picture of things, to get them to believe in themselves. See, that's what my purpose is. My purpose on life by doing these podcasts and doing these, writing these blogs and going out teaching these classes is to make sure that people are informed and inspired and they live life with a purpose. That's my purpose. And this is the way I do it. And every day that I'm doing that, I'm living in my power place. Everybody's got a purpose. Now, some of them might not have those types of purpose, but they got a purpose. And remember, your organization has a purpose. Your organization is doing what they do for a reason. So if it's cop work, why are we cops? What's the purpose of a police department? To have a civil society to have people live in peace, to have people live in safety, to not worry about the quality of our lives. That's what police departments do. That's their purpose, their organizational purpose. So if you want to connect employees and help lead others, connect their purpose with your organizational purpose. When people join together with an organizational purpose and their own purpose, they are on fire. They are going to work. They're going to always exceed expectations. Connect people to their personal purpose and the organizational purpose. Number five, every single day, grow future leaders. Now, you got to remember this about this job. Every one of you out there probably has a title of some kind. But just remember this, you're renting it. You don't own it. If it's chief, if it's sheriff, if it's captain, if it's major, if it's production manager, if it's line officer, well, I don't care what it is. You're only renting that title. You don't own it you will give it back one day. Now, one of the things you should be doing when you own or you are having ownership of the title you have, part of the job of owning it is to create future leaders. You see, we just rent these jobs and the rent that we pay every day are the leaders that we create. Now, every organization needs future leaders to continue their mission, to continue their focus, to continue their service not just doing it status quo, but to do it better. And the only way we do that is to grow leaders better than us. You see, we remember that when we start growing our children, but somehow we forget it when we get to work. We don't remember that our job is to grow people at work as well. If somebody's underperforming and not doing their job, take a look at yourself first and see if it's your fault because you never took the time to grow them. Maybe you just put them in a position without understanding that that was growth and they didn't understand it either. Remember this, Marshall Goldsmith wrote a great book that said, what got you here won't get you there. Well, remember that about leadership. What got you here ain't going to grow you there. You got to grow future leaders. Remember the law of the harvest, what you plant, what you grow, what you nurture, or what you plant as a seed will generally grow for fruit. 
Number six, remember that every role of a leader is twofold. There's two parts to leading others. And you as a leader have to accept these roles. If you don't accept these two roles, then let somebody else lead. And I'm serious when I say that. I'm not trying to be smart or snippet or whatever, but you got to accept these roles if you're truly going to be a leader. And those two roles, they are, you got to be a teacher. That's role number one. And you got to be a coach. Now, what's the difference? Now, a teacher makes sure that you learn. A teacher introduces the concepts for you. A teacher nurtures you. A teacher makes sure that you're provided. Now, when I just talked about growing future leaders, see, you can't grow future leaders unless you teach people how to do it. So let me ask you this question. How many of you out there as leaders are teaching people about leadership? How many of you are the example for leadership? How many of you are sharing articles and books and Twitter feeds and posts and things you're learning about leadership? You got to teach. You can't expect people to be leaders. You can't expect yourself to be a great leader unless you teach. And the second part of that, you got to coach. Now, what's a coach do? A coach recognizes when the teacher's role is up and they've given the information, now we got to inspire. Now, we got to support them a little bit. Now we got to hold them up when things aren't looking great. Now we got to show them the future. We got to work them through these very difficult times. We got to coach them up, if you will. Now, I know that most of you out there, if you haven't ever played a sport, you've been involved in something where you've had a coach. And one of the roles of that coach was that when I didn't feel like doing it, that coach helped me get over that hump. You see, as a leader, there are going to be times when things are just not going that great for everybody including yourself. And you need a coach. You need somebody to point out, look, man, I know that might not be the way it is right now, but listen, this is what the future holds. Work, inspire, stay on top of things. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep working. You'll see it. You see, you've got to take the role of a teacher and a coach to lead others. Don't ever Forget the fact that people are going to need the information. They're going to need the help. They're going to need to know how to do things. So think about this for a second in terms of being a teacher. Let's say tomorrow that I've got a task for someone to do, and I'm going to try to help grow them as a leader. Okay, so what do I do? First of all, I give them the information that they need to be able to do it. I help them. I might show them, and then I watch from the sidelines. And then if they need a little help, I'll coach them. But I don't interfere. I don't micromanage. I'll just wait till it's still. And if I can wait till and not make sure nobody gets hurt, but I'll just wait. And then I'll make sure I nurture them and I coach them and I encourage them and tell them, look, you did a great job. This is some things you need to think about. Think about for a minute. If you had a son or a daughter that was going to start in the job and go somewhere tomorrow and be their first day on the job, who would you want to lead them? I guarantee you'd want a teacher and a coach. So when you look at that, teacher and a coach is one of the most important roles you play as a leader. So let's look at those five or those six things again. You got to take the time to lead. I don't care who you are. Take the time to lead. Recapping the six points. Second thing, emotional intelligence. Third thing, people have got to understand the why they're doing things, the mission of how the things are going to get accomplished and what to do and vision, where we're going. 
Number four, you got to connect to the personal purpose and the organizational purpose together. You get those two together and intersect those two, man, you got something. Number five, you got to grow future leaders. One of the things future leaders do is see people for what they are or can be, not what they are. They see people for what they can be. That's what a teacher and coach number six does too. A teacher and a coach number six sees people for what they can be, not what they are. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed these three parts. We talk about how to lead. Number one, lead yourself. Number two, lead your organization. And today's part three, how to lead others. These are the most important three components when it comes to leadership. Don't forget them. Folks, thank you for joining us. I hope we've helped change your life. Join us at LHLN.org. Let us know what you think about our podcast. Let us know how you're changing other people's lives. We want to hear your success stories too. We want to hear what you're doing. We want to hear ideas and suggestions from you. Contact us at hdcrisp.com, LHLN.org. And if you will, my telephone number is 803-240-3024. Please call me anytime. Folks, it's been a pleasure listening to our podcast. I want to thank you. And once again, I'm Dean Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We have officially rolled out the Leaders Helping Leaders Network online e-learning accelerator class. Be sure to sign up for the early bird special price of $397. Be one of the first 100 students to register, and you will also get three bonuses with the early bird deal. You can sign up for this course at www.e.lhln.org. Again, that's www.e.lhln.org. Sign up, grab your laptop, and get ready to change your life.